Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of Tapis Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and before starting the show today, I want to talk briefly about Nirvana CBD products. I tried their muscle recovery lotion and it works great for the naggy body aches we can get training or performing. It has arnica extract, eucalyptus, camphor oil, and most important to me, zero THC. You can find Nirvana CBD products on their website at nirvanacbd.com. Today's shout out goes to Paolo Petrino from Endicott, New York, who was the first one to guess our guest today, Max Martini. Now, there's no soldier on screen more iconic than Max Martini. You've probably seen him in movies like Saving Private Ryan, Captain Phillips, or Pacific Rim. He always plays the badass special op. He's also a director and does amazing work towards a better care of war veterans. Max has great Hollywood stories, and I can't wait for you guys to hear them. So here he is, the badass Max Martini. Hey, Max, welcome to Tapis Rouge. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, the first time we met was back in 2013 when you came to watch our show Totem in Atlanta. And I believe you were filming the movie Sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we had, uh, we were in Atlanta for, I think, a month and a half. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Sam Worthington from Avatar, and, and mm -hmm. uh, it was an action movie. Anyway, yeah. Nice. And was Totem your, the first Seducerei show that you saw? I think it was. Actually, I, there... Uh, I may have, said, I, I know I saw another one in Vegas and I, and I can't remember, I've seen two in Vegas and I can't remember if, uh, if Totem was the first one. It may have been because I had my kids with me and I think uh, I remember all of us just being wowed by the, the, the <laughs> just such an amazing uh, production. Do you know what to expect coming into the show? Did you hear about Cirque du Soleil before? Did you have like kind of an idea of what you're going to watch? I mean, I was aware of, you know, uh, sort of the, the level of production and the size of the productions, but I wasn't uh, uh, aware of what exactly we were going to sit through. So, you know, it was, I, I was like, listen, I mean, you know, for, to bring your family to a show like that, it's just, it's mind blowing. And you guys are, are so tremendously talented and, uh, And I, and I remember meeting and then I, I, I also uh, met people on, mm -hmm, on that show. Yeah. We've, we've remained friends. And, and uh, so it was really a wonderful experience for me. Oh, thank you very much. What do you think about the performances on stage? Because you're a very successful actor and yeah. you do a lot of action movies. So you have a very high level of physicality in what you do. Yeah. What did you think about the, the performance on stage from the acrobats and from the, the actors? I mean, look, look the, the level of athleticism that you have to, uh, you know, be at in order to perform with, with Cirque is, is uh, I mean, it's mind boggling for, you know, for us, <laughs> if you were going to make a comparison, you know, 
I mean, look, you know, the, the, there's we do a lot of stunt work and and films that mm-hmm. you know require uh, intense concentration so that no one gets injured, no one gets hurt. Yeah. So the rehearsal process, I think, is probably uh, similar to what you guys do, and mm-hmm. that yeah. you're constantly training. You know. Yeah. So, sure. so that there aren't any injuries or any deaths, and and. Um, you know, it's it's interesting when when the you know the the, the tragic uh, you know incident happened with Alec Baldwin on the set with the yeah. guy, which was really uh, you know horrible and unfortunate. Uh, but I remember having conversations with so many of my buddies that are in the film business. You know, just say just saying it's it's incredible that that. That it's actually, you know, considering how what we do to make a movie mm-hmm. and how dangerous the stunts are, you know, and how well rehearsed they are. I mean, it's really you would think that there would be more, uh, you know, uh, mistakes, more, accidents, set, more accidents on set. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I was looking for um, and and there really aren't. So you know. So I I I guess on that level, it's similar to what you guys do. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You have to be an athlete to to be able to perform. You know. And I think it's true what you're saying that you similarly to what we do, all the trainings and you know safety checks and yeah, all that team that works with the performers, everything is made to reduce the risk, but yeah. because of the very nature of what we do you can never really remove the risk from the equation yeah and i think that's also why people come to watch the shows they want to come to see human beings performing incredible feats and like it's if we would be doing something with absolutely zero zero risk they would be kind of like it'd be boring yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i think so. no one would buy tickets yeah it is. <laughs> no i agree with you and and you know and just to just to say you know the the thing with Alec Baldwin, it's like, you know, they, the, when you, when someone gives a gun to an mm-hmm. actor, you know, you go, it goes through so many people before it gets to the actor who then checks it to make sure that it's yeah. clear, you know? So I, it's, it's really, uh, it was really unusual to hear that something like that happened on a movie set, but yeah. you know, uh, but, but you know, it, it can go so so fast i remember one for us it would be like harness you know when we have to like start a scene from the ceiling and come down you you always climb a ladder backstage and you have to be attached have harnessed cables and everything and it's the same like all the harness has to be checked by technicians first check double check before you climb you put the harness on you as the the performer have to check the safety yeah but it happened one time that something unexpected happened during the show and that changed all the order of safety checks, like everything got backed up. But the moment where the performer had to go and get preset in the ceiling was reduced, but not by much. I would say maybe like, you know, 10 seconds or something like that. Mm. The technician were doing the same check, but the performer himself just went straight up the ladder because he was late for his cue. So he actually climbed the ladder without a belt. Wow. And when you get up the ladder, you have someone that's another technician who is here and to clip you so that you're safe when you're up there. So it was actually just just a moment to climb the ladder. It was not attached. Yeah. But then when you arrive up, he realized like, oh, like I can't 
where is my belt? I can't remove my belt. And he was like, oh, I forgot to put it on. And I remember at the end of the performance, we had a big meeting about that and exactly what you're saying. Like there's so there is a protocol that's so tightly made to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. But when this protocol is being disturbed for whatever reason, it is where everyone needs to kind of like double check for yourself because the easy things to do is to rely on the other person. Maybe yeah. similarly for the gun, like you say like, oh, the person before me checked the speaks on before that person checked also. So maybe when you're being handed the gun, you're like, oh, you assume that four people have checked it. Right. Exactly. And it's yeah. really that thing of like never assume and doing it for yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's interesting when you say, you know, the harnessing, you know, the, I used to work when I was in college, I worked at a, at a drop zone. Mm-hmm. In a skydiving center yeah and, oh, yeah uh, you know and we and i used to jump out i mean i i'd probably i probably i was a i did packing i packed parachutes but i i mm-hmm. jumped you know four or five times a day oh my god and it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot but even you know as a as a as a skydiver with a license that's a professional skydiver you know you still go through safety checks yeah. even even when you're right before you get out of the plane you know the door opens all the wind comes into the plane there's still somebody that goes over you and makes sure that everything's mm-hmm. you know is uh you know your your harness is hooked up properly your safety devices are or you know checked and uh, so, yeah, but anyway, it's, it, look, man, I, you know, one of the things that was really uh, kind of cool to see that people hooked up for us was uh, a little backstage tour. So yeah. I, know, I remember we, we took the kids backstage. That was almost as interesting as the show for me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I really, I mean, it's like to see all you got, everybody had their, was in a corner, you know, or doing their own thing. They're juggling and on, you know, <laughs> whatever I, I, it, it was yeah. it was so foreign oh yeah even with all your experience uh, on sets because i assume it must be some similar stuff you have the the physio station where you can go when you're busted you have like the gym area like the, the warm-up area i think you know i mean look I, you know on a movie it's a little different when you know when you're not working everybody goes to their trailers and mm, you know watches yeah. tv <laughs> but the, but you know when you do a theater production you know, you'll find a lot of the actors backstage, but it's nothing like what you guys do. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I was really <laughs> mesmerized and kind of, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's, you know, you're, you're athletes at, at you know, a, an Olympic level of, of, uh, you know, conditioning. So it's really cool. And actually we do have a lot of Olympic, gymnasts yeah. who after their career become certainly artists and it's truly yeah. a perfect fit mm-hmm. and you're doing a lot of stunt work and you do a lot of action movies um how long do you have to train for a movie like you do a lot of special ops and soldiers yeah. role for yeah. this type of role how do you train and how long does it take to bring you to like the condition you need to be in to film uh generally you know if it's a if it's a big production uh they'll do a boot camp, you know? So, okay. So like for saving private Ryan, I think we trained for a month. That was a pretty crazy training period because uh, they, we went out, um, you know, actually, you know what? Uh, I did another movie called The Great Raid that was even a little bit more intense. So we, we basically went out for about three weeks and camped. 
So we were in tents, you know, we were eating military uh, meals. Yeah. MREs. Uh, you know, we'd get up in the morning, we'd run five miles, we'd do the weapons training, you know, it was a lot of like, because the problem with actors is that, uh, you know, they're, they're very, some of them are very entitled, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're very delicate, yeah. you, know, they, they, you know, they're used to being pampered and, you know, and everything's sort of like being spoon fed. Yeah. So, you know, when you do a war movie, uh, you have to turn them into men again. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And, and the only way to do that is to take all the luxuries away yeah. and, and bring them back to, you know, survival mode. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so that was a, that was an interesting, interesting experience for, you know, and, and do all the actors like, let's say for this movie and saving pride, Ryan, do all the actors who play soldiers do the boot camp together. Yeah, because I assume that must also help to create bonds between you guys. So like when you start shooting, you actually went through that rel relatively intense experience together so that you have that chemistry. No, it's I mean, that that's actually uh, one of the, 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 the amazing things that comes out of that experience is that, you know, you get trained, but you also uh develop relationships. And so that when when you, the minute they turn the cameras on it looks like you've known each other since the beginning of the war mm -hmm. or what, you know what I mean? So that's, uh, without that, it usually takes a week before actors mm -hmm. really seem like they're, they've had friendships, longstanding yeah. friendships. Um, but yeah, so for that, for the, you know, in that regard, it's, it's, uh, it's invaluable. And, um, You know, and then for other movies, I mean, uh, you know, I've done a lot of, I do a lot, all my own stunts pretty okay. much. Yeah. And uh, I've done, you know, high wire jumping from building to building. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've uh, ridden motorcycles. I've caught, you know, raced cars and films and I always fight. I'm always yeah. fighting. So there's a lot of fight choreography, yeah. but you know, but I stay active in the fight in the boxing gym. I mean, I'm okay. getting a little old for it now, but I, but you know, I did box for a long time so that when, mm -hmm. you know, they needed uh, a fight, you know, I was always ready. Yeah. You know? So it's not something like you turn off your fitness in between movies. It's part of your, your daily routine, part of who you are to like stay fit, to go boxing, to be, to keep that conditioning level. Yeah, yeah, I have to. I mean, especially because of the guys that I play in movies, you know, if I, if I, if I stop doing that, I think, uh, you know, it might be, it might hinder my employment. You know? <laughs> yeah. Did it ever happen that an actor refused to go through the boot camp? Like they say, oh no, I'm good. I'm just going to show up on set one day and that's it. I've seen uh, I've seen some actors have really difficult times with boot camps, mm. uh, you know, and and have breakdowns and try to like you know get everybody else on their side so they can revolt against. Oh yeah, the, oh, I'm <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, like it, there's always a moment in the boot camp where somebody goes, 
come on, man, we're actors. Oh, yeah. You know, why, why can't we act like it's hard, you know? So uh, it's pretty, I mean, and even that, you know, that's part of the relationship forming because yeah. inevitably everybody else turns to them and goes, come on, you know, get your, get your gun and stop, yeah. you know, you make a lot of money, so shut up. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure it must be the same for you guys to be working with a director. Sometimes you have directors who are very demanding and, you know, psychologically very sometimes twist, twisting. And sometimes you would have, uh, I've been in situation working with a specific director that he, he would be really pressing people's button. And you had this girl at some point who's same to say like, I'm not here to be degraded like this. And then it's kind of the same as like yeah. artists. We have big egos. So like when you're be ego and being crushed, some people have issues taking it. They get defensive. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it's very rare that, Uh, I get to a set and don't like somebody, mm -hmm. but, you know, but it happens. And, you know, and I, and I think that, that there's this kind of like disease in Hollywood that like, you know, it, it, and it's a defense mechanism. It's like yeah. when, you know, when my business attracts artists that are very insecure, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when you're insecure, uh you have to kind of like i i guess the way that you, you know sometimes the way that they treat other people is kind of a way to sort to uh nourish their own egos or, yeah. you, you know what i mean so but it's rare man because i mean for the most part you know i've been really lucky because i've been in a lot of big movies mm -hmm. but to get to that level Generally, if you're if you're a person, if you're not a nice person somewhere, somebody along the way is going to go. This is the end of the road for yeah. you. <laughs> you can stay down here with these guys. You yeah. know? So, uh, anyway, it's 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 a great business. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very lucky to be part of it. So. Yeah. And you worked with really, I mean, incredible directors just recently with George Clooney. Um, you work with Guillermo del Toro, Michael Bay, Paul Greengrass, Spielberg. Yeah. You were never intimidated working with all these giants. I mean, I don't really get starstruck. You know, I, the the only time that I've been starstruck, uh, I, I was in. I had an audition for this movie. Uh, oh God, I'm forgetting the name of it. And, and, oh, the good shepherd and, and mm -hmm. Robert De Niro, uh, directed it. Yeah. And I had to go, I, I put, I put myself on tape. I put an audition on tape and I sent it to De Niro and my agent called me up and she was like, listen, he loves you. He wants to meet with you right now. You have to go to universal studios oh my God. and put on your suit and, and go, you know, and I went, I was so scared. <laughs> I, it's the only time that I've ever gotten like that. And yeah. I went to universal studios and, you know, I was sitting in the hallway and he walked out of the bathroom and, and he grabbed my shoulder and he goes two seconds, two seconds. And so, I was like, Oh my God. And, and he walked <laughs> into the room and I spit, I walked into the room and it was Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I, <laughs> and I spent, uh, I spent about an hour with them rehearsing for this movie, you okay. know, 
that they get in my part. They gave to Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but I got, but that was the only time that I've been nervous and really, you know, for, with the Clooney movie, I didn't get nervous, but there was one moment where I was, I was the first guy, you know, I, I got to set in my first scene, I looked up and George Clooney and Ben Affleck were, were looking at me over the monitor mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, oh my God, like, you know, <laughs> okay, let's go. Yeah. yeah, nothing, yeah. You know, like, it's, it, you got two Batmans staring you down. Yeah, you know? it's true. <laughs> I, never, yeah. I didn't think about it this way, but it's true. Two Batmans. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, by the way, you were great in, in that movie. You, and I love that, yeah, your character is named The Voice. And I think it's pretty appropriate. Yeah. You have a pretty, pretty badass voice. Thank you, man. <laughs> and uh, how was it to work with, George Clooney, because he was obviously an incredible actor himself. Yeah. Did you feel a difference working with him as a director? Did you feel that he knew how to communicate with actors because he was an actor himself? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I, someone that would be like the polar opposite of Clooney is like Michael Bay. Okay. So he's Michael Bay is very technical. George Clooney was uh, very much about the performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it was, I mean, it, it was, look, it was a really amazing experience because he's, uh, he's such a great actor. He's such a big star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we have, we speak the same language. So, you know, it was very collaborative. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Michael Bay, on the other hand, was, you know, just sort of let you go. You, you had to show up to work knowing what you were doing okay. because yeah. he was so absorbed in the cameras and what was happening technically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and then, you know, like Paul Greengrass, on the other hand, that movie, Captain Phillips, yeah. was entirely improvised. Oh, really? There, he told me to throw the script away. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so we got there. That entire thing was improvised. So, so the whole negotiation scene with you on the phone—that whole thing was all improvised. improvised. Wow, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, he. Uh, that was very scary because I was like, "Listen, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not in the military. I don't know how to improvise with. I don't speak military yeah. jargon. Yeah. You know." So it's going to set, he goes, Oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to fix it. If, if anything goes wrong, it's ever going to make it in the movie. And, <laughs> anyway, yeah. And how is it to work with Tom Hanks? Uh, well, he, I knew him from private Ryan. Yes. So, so we, he, he was the first one to tell me, uh, you know, he came ru- running up to me at the military base and, and said, Hey, listen, there's no script. There's no script. Oh my so God. <laughs> get, ready, get ready. Like, and he was, he was panicked, you know, yeah, for sure. he, he kept going, look, you, you, you know, the, he doesn't use the, so just so you know, like start thinking about it because. Yeah. It must be such a huge weight on you guys' shoulders to realize like, okay, we have to carry that movie, like just instantly all three improv. I found out that there, we were improvising the day that I got to set. Oh my God. <laughs> so there was a script that I had learned, you know, yeah. for the job, 
But when I got to set, he said, throw it away. This isn't what we're going to do. So this guy is in the military. I was on a ship and in yeah. right. And everybody around me was enlisted in the military. Uh, okay. There was maybe one other actor okay. in, in my scene and everybody else was military. So he said, they're going to enact what happened on the day, mm-hmm. right? That they saved this, ca- this ship captain. And you're just going to, you're the guy in charge. So go do it. <laughs> oh my God. What? That's a great direction. Go do it. <laughs> go do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, look, it's like, it's, it's what makes it exciting at yeah. that level is that you never know what to expect. You know, it's like the, everybody has a different way of working, you know, a unique way of directing and, yeah. and um, you know, I'm sure it's the same it's with Cirque. It's like you get a director in that, you know, has this vision the, yeah. of, and it's, you know, and I mean, like with Guillermo del Toro, you know, that whole movie was pretty much green screen. So okay. all those, you know, kaiju monsters and everything. Yeah, and Pacific Rim. When, yeah, Pacific Rim. When I was doing it, we were just looking at lasers on oh, the screen. Okay. So you don't, you know, and then you see all the stuff come to life when they start mm. with the computer generating and, you know, and I'm sure like when they're building the sets, you guys are like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Our partner in this episode is Circus Talk, the online carrier marketplace for circus and the performing arts. Circus Talk is the new thing that is great for our international circus community. It is an amazing information resource, bringing news, events, and industry trends to us, professionals working in the field. What also makes Circus Talks amazing is their first online casting platform that connects talents and talent seekers in circus and performing arts. If you're a talent seeker, you can finally post jobs and auditions in a professional and transparent way, instead of using social media accounts. There are already over 28,000 artist profiles on Circus Talk that talent seekers can search while talents can find jobs and apply to them via the Circus Talk platform. You can get your first month free on both Circus Talk Talent and Talent Seeker Pro membership by using the promo code TAPIROUGE in one word. So go to circustalk.com, sign up to Pro and use the code TAPIROUGE to find your spotlight with our partner, Circus Talk. Looking to save time writing online content? Phosphor AI is an online service that will save you hours of work with your content creation. Simply type in your title and the Phosphor AI software will get to work writing a high quality and original article for you. Now, you still need to review the article and take 15 to 20 minutes to make sure your article fits perfectly your vision before publishing. But you'll save considerable amount of time. You'll get three free articles just for signing up, so you can try out and see how it works for you. Pricing is also very reasonable for the quality of content that you'll get and the time you'll save. Why spending so much time writing content yourself when you can get Phosphor AI to do it for you? So try out Phosphor AI at phosphorai.com and see how much time you can save.
Alright guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than 2 minutes and obviously it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program and after 6 weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, hey, what did you do for your back? And I thought, I could put it all out in a clear and clean way, instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. I played the same character for, what, eight years almost? But I had many different directors over the years. And it was funny that, you know, sometimes you work with a director who comes from Broadway. So when he comes in, everyone has to act a little bit bigger. And then he leaves, new director comes in from dance. Then he's like, scrap all that big acting. I don't want that anymore. I want to focus more on your quality of movements and how you can develop body language. Yeah. And then this director leaves, boom, director from theater. Oh, scrap that movement. Movement doesn't mean anything. I want to write on the storyline of the act and how you can make the story more accessible. Blah, blah, blah. Do they change directors with every city that you go to or is it a time period? No, I think it's really depending. Like I worked with this, my first director was there for two years and then the show went to do a tour in Australia and he just didn't want to go to Australia. So like they casted another director who did a whole... Yeah. Australia and Japan tour. Then he was another yeah. director for Europe. Then I think it's just up to the, the people to stay on the show or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. And you do also a lot of TV series, like The Purge, The Order, Revenge. And how is the difference in like work schedule and your acting between movies and series? Uh, the fil filming a movie is very slow compared to a TV series. In filming a TV series, the pace is very high. Oh. So, you know, you have uh, 
you know, there's not a lot of time to kind of explore what you're going to do in the scene and let things happen organically. Mm -hmm. You really have to kind of come in more prepared on a TV show. The directors on a TV show change every week. So every week. Yeah. Every episode, it's a new director. Oh, really? Sometimes, you know, often they have guys that they like that will Mm -hmm. come back and do, you know, four or five episodes or something. But, uh, you know, it's when the directors come in, you know, I feel like it's the cast already has their chemistry Mm -hmm. established and, you know, there's not a lot for these guys to do, but, uh, um, other than, you know, maybe tweak things to make it a special show. You know what Mm, I mean? Maybe maybe they get a little bit room to get. So they're like the orchestra maestro of an orchestra that already knows how to play together. Like that. Mm. I feel like that, you know, and then, and then maybe you add a little, you know, something to it that makes it different, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like in TV, they really just want you to deliver on time you know, don't go over budget. Don't, don't screw the show up. Don't, you know, you know what I yeah. mean? So, uh, schedule is much tighter until you have to deliver. Yeah. Much tighter. I like making movies better. Mm. Um, uh, the money is often better in TV, but oh, the, really? Uh, yeah. But the experience in movies is uh, a little bit more, uh, creatively satisfying. Uh huh. You know, for me, you are also a director yourself. You directed two movies so far, if I believe. Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to get into directing now more. That I really love. Oh yeah. Oh my God! It's uh, it's it's uh, you know finally I get. But one, I think because I went to art school and I got a degree mm. in art, and I feel like I'm not really u- using that that exp- you know that information. But as a director, you do use it. Okay. You know. Um, but I love that. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm directing, I'm, I have a, a movie that I'm hoping to come to Italy, uh, and do. And so your, your first movie was, uh, SGT Will Gardner. Yeah. And it's a movie yeah. talking about veteran soldiers coming back and the, the struggle to be reintegrated into society. Yeah. And I believe you're very involved with the veteran cause. I am, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that started to develop after saving private Ryan, you okay. know, and, and, uh, I, it, you know, it was, it was kind of my first experience with veterans when, when we did the premiere for that movie, Okay, Spielberg invited all these veterans <clears throat> from world war two that, you know, were all 90 years old at mm-hmm. the time. And, uh, and that movie really affected them. And, you know, it, 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 uh, at one point after the, fo- the first opening battle scene, I looked over and, you know, you, they, so many of them were crying. Yeah. It was, um, it was really difficult to watch, but it, but it, you know, I, I think I just kind of went, this is, uh, such a tremendous sacrifice that, oh, yeah, you know, definitely. That these people make, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, and look at the situation with Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't have a military or you don't have people 
that are willing to stand up and fight for your freedom. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because when you see the invasion that's happening right now, you realize how quickly your freedom will go. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't have people willing to risk their lives. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that, that suddenly I went, and then when I had kids, I thought, oh, this is really, it's, 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 uh, it's valuable, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I admire these men and women that, that enlist in the military and, you know, I appreciate what I have because of them. So, yeah. so for me, you know, when you get to a certain level and you, you have a, you have an audience and, you know, you're recognized as a, as an actor, yeah. you know, when you have a following, whatever, you know, you kind of have a responsibility yeah, to use your voice to do something good. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, without naming names, but it's like, I, I do these, I try to get involved with these charity events mm-hmm. and, I'll call friends of mine that, that are, you know, famous people that, you know, I'm like, Hey, can you give me a weekend, you know, to come participate in this charity event? Mm -hmm. It's so hard to get people to give up a weekend sometimes. Really? It really is, man. And it's like, do you think it's because they don't want to involve they're scared of like a backlash if they feel they don't involve themselves in a cause that would not be appropriate or like, is it just like, Oh, they're too busy and they don't, they don't want to give up time doing something else for a good cause. Well, here's, here's the, you know, the thing about that, I don't know, but you know, it's, you bring up an interesting point because, you know, often the military gets uh, there, you know, attacked or, or, you know, um, criticized and, you know, but they get criticized until you need them. Yeah, for sure. You know, and when you, and then, and then suddenly you need the people Mm -hmm. that you've been, you know, and, and so it's, uh, you know, it's maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I, I, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more daring because I'm, I'm very public about, uh, you know, our, our mm-hmm. military yeah. service people and our, and our law enforcement people, because my mother was a, in law mm-hmm. enforcement, yeah. you know, my uncle in law enforcement. So I know what they go through mm-hmm. every day. And, you know, for me, it's a no brainer. It's like, you want a weekend? Of yeah. course, of course, of course, I'm going to come and take pictures with everybody at mm-hmm. your event, yeah. you know? no skin off of my back. So I encourage people, you know, that are actors that, you know, that ha- that can lend their name uh-huh. to causes to do that because it's a really healthy thing to do for yourselves. And, for yeah. and I feel also what you're doing as such a human dimension, especially with what you do, it's easy also to put the, all politics aside because you're really working with the people, the the people who are coming back from traumatic events that made this sacrifice and now who are completely changed and that were not being taken care of properly. So you are really working on a, a humanitarian level. Yeah, it's it's so true. You know, and it's it's interesting that during 13 hours, that was a very politicized uh, event, you know. Okay. And, and there was a lot of... Uh, 
you know, sort of aggressive uh, accusations coming from both sides of politics regarding that event. And when we did the press for that, it was very important to, excuse me, it was very important to make it to stay neutral, you know, because because when somebody enlists in the military or in, or enlists in, in a government agency, their responsibility is to follow orders. Yeah. Their, their politics don't matter, you know? Yeah. And so there, you can't sort of like put them on one side of the political line or the other. So you have to kind of go in and say, hey, we made this movie you know, to tell a story about a historical Mm -hmm. event that actually happened and to honor, you know, the sacrifices that these guys made, you know, on that day. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's all it's about. Yeah. And did you work with, um, with soldiers who actually went through these events on the set of 13 hours? I, yeah, I did. They were with us, uh, while we were there. And the guy that I played, you know, is a wonderful guy, Mark Geist. Um, he uh, his arm was blown up in, in oh. <clears throat> and, um, you know, and they lost uh, friends of theirs in that in that, you know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, he, he was there. And, you know, and I do a lot of work on the side for veterans that are injured, you know, for veterans mm-hmm. that have like, you know, emotional injuries or physical mm-hmm. injuries and and. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm always trying to do something. I'm I'm, uh, I'm actually planning a, an event right now in Idaho to go okay. up and raise money for a uh, charity that I support up there. So. That must be a very emotional work for you to work to directly with the person that you're that you're playing in the movie and to have that exchange about like how they perceive the situations, how they were feeling. It must have been. It's such a strong experience. Yeah, it's, it's very valuable too. It's, yeah, it's really, uh, it's very different, you know, to have him there because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, when the, like when I started 13 Hours, he and I got on the phone and we talked about who he is and mm-hmm. you know, who, who he is as a man, who he is as a father, who he is as a husband, who, you know, mm-hmm. And you start to try to get as much information as he'll give, you know, yeah. so that you can put this this character together. And, you know, <clears throat> the thing that I like to do when I approach my parts, and, and I think it's what keeps me alive in this military space is because I usually I, I don't approach these characters uh, as kind of machines that just bark mm-hmm. orders and shoot guns, you know, like I try to bring some humanity to these characters so that, you know, you see that he's, he's got insecurities and he's got, you know, things that make him heroic. And he's, Mm -hmm. you're trying to bring more nuances to the character. Nuances. Yeah. But, but things that round him out as a human being. So it's, so he was really uh, giving, he was very giving. Uh, on the phone and having him there and, and but you know which is really weird is we look so much alike yeah I saw, it, yeah, so much alike i mean when we saw each other in the hotel i was like 
I couldn't have played anybody else. Like this is the guy. And, uh, and we're, we're born like he, I think he's a little older than me, but our birthdays are a couple of days apart. We had a, oh, had that's a, amazing. Yeah. A lot in common, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great experience. Are these kind of experience what pushed you to, to direct a movie about war veterans with SGT? I mean, <clears throat> what pushed me to do that was one, uh, it was a, it was kind of a culmination of things because I, I wanted to uh, do something for veterans. Yeah. So I wanted to do something that would raise awareness or at least maintain awareness uh, to these issues that they, and that when I made that movie, it was kind of the height of the war. They were coming back with a lot mm, of, issues. okay. And, uh, and also, you know, would, uh, uh, you know, let me explore this kind of directing world yeah. and let me make something that was mine, you know, yeah. entirely. And, uh, and that's really what I've kind of grown to love is to be in charge of mm -hmm. the production because I really love creating the vision, you know, yeah. um, as an actor, you're really a puppet you know yeah, you execute yeah you're a puppet that gets to you know <laughs> add little things here and there but execute exactly. yeah and so as a director how do you work with actors um well i i i love uh rehearsing so we i i try to get in as much rehearsal as i can and even sort of before we start shooting we do a lot mm -hmm. of rehearsing and And a lot of reading through uh, the lines. I'm, I'm, I think that me personally, I'm a little bit, I'm sort of split down the middle technically and artistically. So okay. when I say artistically, I mean, on, on the, as far as acting is concerned. So it's, yeah. I come in with, I have sh like, I shot list the entire film. So I have really creative camera movements that I, that I, work out mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work when i get the actors there that's fine and i'll make adjustments but yeah. if i can get them to kind of choreograph themselves into mm. the positions that i need them to be in it's it's um it seems to work really well for me so so then you give them some creative freedom also like yeah. this needs to happen but i trust you guys and i want you to stay engaged in what you're doing so yeah move through it yourself but try to come be here for this line and try to come into this you know because for me with an art degree which is you know what i was saying before it's like these frames you get to paint the frame you know mm -hmm. so it's like you use the special effects to come in with the smoke and somebody walks into a close-up and then that becomes a wide shot. It's like a moving painting, you know? It's, yeah, absolutely. It's a ballet really. Right. So you just yeah. keep it moving and, and uh, keep it interesting, you know? And um, what motivated you to direct the Manson brothers, midnight zombie massacre, <laughs> you know, really uh, a, a break from heavy drama. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the movie that I did, Will Gardner was so heavy emotionally. It was just so taxing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that my buddy had this script that was a comedy. It's, it's like dumb and dumber. 
you yeah. know, but it's zombies and and yeah, and wrestling and wrestling, you know. And initially, yeah. I thought, oh god, this is going to be so stupid. I don't want to do this. And then, <laughs> you know, and and then I read it, and it was hilarious. And it's uh, a really funny movie. It's really funny, man. And it's gotten a big following. Yeah. And, uh, it's. Uh, you know, I, it was, I had so much fun making that and I got to put all my friends in the movie and, you know, yeah. everybody in it is a friend of mine. So oh, that's cool. Play that way. Yeah. Did you, are you like a wrestling fan or like, do you participate in zombie it. movies or? No, no, no. I literally know nothing about it. The, the only thing that I did know about was how to choreograph and shoot fight sequences. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the new thing that I got to experiment with was visual effects. Uh, so like okay. when the when the, the characters were turning into zombies, we had computer generated, you know, their eyes, mutations, color and mutations. And yeah, then the skin tone. And so that was uh, something new for me, but it was exciting to kind of recreate, to create. Them. Yeah. It's a really fun movie. Yeah. yeah. And b besides your friend, um, when you are casting actors for your movies, what are you looking for? Um, what am I looking? I mean, you know, it's what I'm, what I'm not looking for is a pretty face. You know what I mean? Okay. So look, I, you know, here's the, 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 this is one of the sacrifices that as a filmmaker you have to make. It's like, you realize that pretty faces sell movies, right? Okay. But often pretty faces uh, are not the most interesting uh, artists on the planet, you know? Okay. And they're, le they're, they're less willing to let themselves be vulnerable mm -hmm. and not look like models and not, you know, so... So you sacrifice a little bit when you have to cast, you know, a bunch of, you know, supermodels in your movie. And, and yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what I try to do is find a split the difference. I, you know, I have like, after being in the industry now for 30 years or so, mm -hmm. I have so many friends that are really successful actors that are amazingly talented, that are really good looking, that, that don't look like the cover of GQ yeah but, <laughs> but you know but they're attractive people and and they tell the story and uh and so for me you know ultimately it has to be a good experience everybody has to have mm -hmm. fun yeah that's the first thing yeah second you know it has to be an amazing movie and it has to you know either make people laugh or make people, you know, question decisions they've made or, you know, mm. question, you know, whatever, you know, it could be a social statement of some sort, yeah. you know, whatever you're trying to do. And then, uh, you know, and then it's like everybody gets a chance to participate and add creatively. So, you know. Okay. So you like that creative input from the actors. In your I team. love it. I love it. Yeah. 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 I assume it must be something from maybe your own career. Like, were you ever frustrated as an actor working on a movie and you're like, oh, I have this idea, this amazing way I can portray this character or this thing I can and the director would be like, no, just stick Constantly. to what you're being taught. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm always frustrated, you know, I mean, <clears throat> because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, my decision's not wrong. His decision's not, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily the only way to do it. And, you know, but it's his vision, right? Yeah. And you're, you're like a soldier. You sign the contract to come up yeah. and do a job. And the job that you have to do is, you know, tell his story, not yours, right? Yeah. yeah so, sure. you know, that it, it does get a little frustrating, but, you know, I love working with, you know, movie stars because they're they're uh they're amazing to watch and and suddenly your job becomes so easy yeah when when you're working with tom hanks yeah (laughs) you know what i mean it's like you 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 do the scene and you don't even realize that you've done the scene that it's already over because it was so engaging and Mm, so real you know um there's a lot of Jodie Foster was like that, you know, uh, uh, Ben Affleck was like that, even though I didn't yeah. have much to do with him in that movie. It just doesn't. Yeah. But that scene when he's on the couch, that was a great, great yeah, scene. Uh, the, the timing, the dynamic was really, really sharp. It was yeah. really nice. And then I got to beat him up, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can take that off your list. Take that off my list. <laughs> yeah. My pocket list. And he took it like a man. So Yeah. <laughs> And um, even on your level, does that happen sometimes that you have to face like no, like let's say from that part, like you did that rehearsal with DiCaprio and De Niro, but they ended up giving your part to Alec Baldwin. Mm. Uh, how do you face this like rejection or like this no? Like, is it something that is part of the game and that you've been in the industry for so long that it's kind of like whatever, or is it it's still something that's kind of uh, it's only, it, it, I mean, it used to be really frustrating, uh, when I was starting out because it was more rejection than anything. Right. Mm. Um, now it's only frustrating, uh, you know, if I think that I'm really right for it, you know, mm. and, yeah. and, you know, and the thing with me, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, it, this is what gets me a lot of work. And it's also, uh, you know, it can be, uh, it can be, uh, you know, a little devastating when you put this much into it. But when I, when I get an audition, like, you know, and they'll say, um, I'd say, look, I get offered half of the stuff that I do. And then the other half I have to audition for. Okay. Um, when I get an audition and they say, Hey, put yourself on tape for this movie. You know, I go hire a cameraman yeah. with a lighting package mm-hmm. and a professional sound, you know, yeah. guy. And like, I make my auditions look like little movies, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and like, if it says, you know, he drives up and he gets out of the car and he does this, you know, I put the camera in a parking lot and I start down the street and I drive in the car. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, I, I shoot the movie. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so that when they get it, they go, Oh my God, like this guy, it's not in an office. He actually went out and did a movie. Look at this. Hey, Mark, come here for a second. Look at this, you know, and they go, and so now you get everybody's attention. So, you know, but it also cost me like, 
yeah, it's a costly audition for sure. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a whole like crew I, you're hiring for your audition. So when I don't get it, I get, you know, I get really upset. And I, <laughs> and I, and I generally boycott the movie. I won't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that could, that could be a like an art project you could do like a a compilation of all these audition tape and make some kind great. of like some yeah. kind of like you know trippy movie with the different life of that character you know i wish i would have saved all these auditions man because uh you know i i've gotten so many this way you know that yeah that, yeah <laughs> shame and do you prefer seeing yourself in series or in movies Uh, I prefer doing movies, you know, only because I like, you know, like I said, they give you more time, but I also mm -hmm. like, uh, I love working with these actors that are, you know, it, yeah. at a high level of, you know, because it's, it's like you get up there, man, it's, I mean, you know, it's like if you're a musician and, you know, Mick Jagger calls you up on yeah. stage to play a song, you know, yeah. Yeah. or, you know, you're an artist and, you know, Picasso says, Hey, you know, come over here. Can you mix my paint for me? And you're like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that, that's what I, that's, you know, it's, that's what I love at this point. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's been such, you know, it's look, I, I'm, they say 2% of actors make a yeah. living, you know, And, and I got into that 2%. I'm so lucky, man, because it's, it was such a really difficult profession to like become successful yeah. in, you know, and now my kids are, you know, my oldest son is in New York city in film oh. school, you know, and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, like, like, your, your son you know, played your son in SGT, right? That's my, that was my youngest. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was really wonderful. And yeah, that it was great. Um, he, uh, it never acted, you know, he, he, I remember when I was putting the movie together, he said he wanted to play oh. that part. And I was like, but I get scared because, you know, if he's not good, it ruins the movie, yeah. you know, but, but it's yeah. your son, <laughs> you know, so how, did, how do you, how like, did you do it? How did you direct your son? And acted with him too. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I said, look, you, you got to go study, you know, if you want to play this part, you got to go take classes and, <clears throat> you, you know, you're going to have to audition. Like <laughs> I can't just, you know, but he, he did it. He signed up with a teacher and he <clears throat> would send me these tapes of him doing mm. the scenes and I'd give him a little direction and they'd work on the direction. And then, you know, he showed up on set and, I mean, it, it was just really natural for him. Uh -huh. you know? I mean, he was working with his father, uh -huh. so I'm sure it was that yeah. made it easy. You know? It must have been amazing for you, too, uh -huh. to perform with uh, your son. Someone. To have that little piece of film with my, with my son, yeah. you know, is like, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it must be amazing to share your passion with your kids like that. Yeah, it's incredible. And so what's next for you now? What are you working on right now? So what's next is uh, I'm doing a project. It seems like that uh, I'm going to direct. Um, that's uh, a script that, that uh, 
it's I've been trying to get the money together for this for for decades and and I oh, okay. got it together. And so basically Jeez. it's it's my father was born in Rome and he he grew up during the war and this was a story based or inspired by uh memoirs that he wrote. Oh, okay. That are that are really that he gifted to me on Christmas one day and and uh it basically starts with his mother running him out of Rome to put him on oh, a bus. Yeah. All the Americans were bombing Rome. To oh get my God. Yeah. yeah. And so he grew up in this boarding school in the country uh, outside of the outside of Rome. And, uh, and it's his story kind of growing okay. up during that, oh, that time. Nice. But yeah, so I'm going to, so I think I got the money together for that and, and I'm waiting to, uh, get a date and then mm -hmm. uh hopefully i'll be uh prepping and living in italy for a little while <laughs> yeah that, that doesn't sound too bad <clears throat> all right max i have one last question for you shoot if tomorrow aliens would land on earth yeah how would you explain Cirque du soleil to them Oh my God. If tomorrow <laughs> aliens landed on earth, it's pro I mean, it may not be completely unfamiliar to the alien population. <laughs> uh, you yeah. kind of have to be a bit of an alien to be part of that production. Anyway, right? So, no, I, I look, I, you know, I'd say if there's one thing that you have to do while you're here on earth, it's go see circus Olay. Ah, yeah, that's a great, it's a great answer. Thank you so much, Max. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. And uh, I, I've been looking out for that new movie when it comes out. I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for having me and, uh, and to all the, the CERC members out there. I love what you do. Keep doing it. Thank you. Have a good day and see you soon. See you, man. Bye. Max is great. I loved hearing his process and his crazy behind-the-scenes stories. I also love that he uses his exposure to try to help and to make the world a little better for people. And what a voice. Guys, seriously, so good. <laughs> If you like this episode, please give it a good rating and review. Share the podcast on your socials with your friends, your family. Spread the word. It really helps Tapirouge growing. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CircusTalk.com, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. All right, friends, that's it for today. Take it easy, meld if you have a show tonight, and until next week, as we say in the circus, see you down the road.